Hi, welcome to Meta Minutes, your bite-sized pieces of the metaverse. My name is Rene from Reply, and today we're going to talk about generative AI for the metaverse. Two very important topics that also you hear a lot these days about, but they will truly change how we interact with the world and computers around us. And for this topic, I'm very honored to have a special expert guest today, Emmanuel Demestre. Uh, salut, Emmanuel, and welcome to the show. How are you today? Salut, bonjour. Hi, everyone. Super glad to be here. Thanks. Well, awesome to be here, um, or that you are here. But first of all, can you tell us a little bit about your background, about yourself, as it relates to the metaverse, 3D, AI, and all the related topics? I'm an entrepreneur. Um, for the past 15 years, I've been in startups. I made a first company in 2012 um, that was around drone technology, uh, data analysis, data processing for massive amounts of drone capture data uh, in 2D and 3D. I ended up selling that company. I moved from France to the US and I decided in 2021 I would do another company again uh, called Scenario, which I'm the CEO and co-founder of today. Um, that one is being way more focused on uh, virtual worlds and uh, 3D spaces and now generative AI, which I'm happy to discuss. Awesome. Well, let's start with a simple but also complex question that I usually ask to every guest. And um, probably I get as many different answers because it's still such a fuzzy term, right? So what is the metaverse for you and where do you see the potential and the opportunities? The, the one million dollar question, right? And the one million answers. Um, <laughs> listen, this is my, my take. Um, first of all, it's an evolution of the of the internet, or it's an evolution of the way we interact on the internet, uh, which much with much more spatial uh, spaces, spe spatial content, and spatial collaboration. That's the first way I see it. Um, the second way I see it is a fusion of um, like the the, the 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 virtual worlds we experience um, in two D or in three D on the internet and the physical world uh, when you combine VR on one side or three D on the web on one side and AR on the other side and that's that's the reason I started Scenario in the first place is when I saw you know digital content from the web being displayed in the physical world in the reality via different devices. I, I think that's the biggest opportunity, even though it's the most, um, it's the one that will take the most time to materialize because of hardware issues and, uh, you know, acceptability, usability, and so on. Yeah, uh, I like that as well. It's what I really like about the, the you know, Gartner has a definition of the metaverse, where they're basically saying it's the convergence of the, the virtual and the physical world enhanced with digital stuff and so that's what i also like about it and it's not just these pure virtual worlds right we're talking about it's also integrating the real world into the mix and this is where i think it gets really interesting because otherwise i mean it's not much else than all these online games we have today right these massive multiplayer online games i mean these are also large virtual worlds where i can collaborate but let's bring in the physical world and making that part of the experience i think this is where uh, we're really seeing some some good ideas and some good movement in that space. Yeah. Well, you could, you could think of it. You could you could think of it like metaverse being okay. The next evolution of Facebook. You go from a two D 
you know, feed to a 3D world like Horizon, step one. Step two is like merge together these virtual worlds, merge Minecraft and Roblox so your character is the same in these two worlds, step two. Step three, these same items that you interact with in games or on social platforms, they are also in your living room, in your streets, in your, uh, or in your, in your office. That's great. That's actually even better. Like, yeah, it's, it's iterations, right? You phrase it correctly. Like we're starting at the beginning and then it will, uh, well, just like baby steps grow and um, have more uh, subsequent iterations that will provide more meaningful experiences. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Hey, before we talk about your work and the services you're offering, um, let's tell us about our audience. What is actually generative AI and why is it not only a hype, but really such a big enabler for the democratization of uh, content creation, which could be freely about anything else as well. Okay, so so uh, Gen AI, generative AI, um, it's a set of software algorithms that lets anyone create content from text, usually, and sometimes from text and other input, but it's mostly text, which we, which people call, call prompting. So a prompt is a, uh, a set of uh, tokens, words, a sentence that will let the AI generate from scratch other content such as text, ChatGPT, such as images, DALI, Midjourney, Stable Diffusion, and very soon 3D, audio, videos, and so on. So that's what people call Gen AI or Gen AI. And it's, it's no new concept. Uh, the bases were laid uh, back in 2017 with a pretty, pretty good uh, research paper called Attention is All You Need, but it only came out uh, under the spotlight more recently with um, Stable Diffusion being open sourced, uh, with Midjourney democratizing uh, uh, image generation with a bot, and with obviously OpenAI releasing uh, ChatGPT to the world. So it's fairly recent from a, a, usage, a usage standpoint. Yeah. And what I really enjoyed about um, a quote from Jens Nuang's uh, NVIDIA, a CEO of NVIDIA, Jens Nuang, he did a, a GDC keynote and he did a quote there, which I really enjoyed. And he basically said, ChatGPT is the iPhone moment of AI. And that phrase is so well, right? It opened up the doors basically to get into the consumer market or into everyone is talking about it. Like even like whatever, your mother maybe, you know, it's like everyone talks about it. It's really this kind of an enabling moment. Although, like you're saying, like the, the kind of GPT models, these, you know, general pre-trained transformers, that's not something that is, this was just, you know, came along with ChatGPT. Of course, they did some really small stuff with the um, human feedback reinforcement learning and so on to improve the output and so on. There's, of course, technical challenges that were solved, uh, but it really was this big, big moment. And uh, last year we had the DALI 2 moment, right? Like, and then all the other stuff came after it. it and I was just looking it up, like, like just, I think, two or three weeks ago, it was the one-year birthday, one-year anniversary of DALI 2 coming out. And that is just mind-blowing what happened in one year, right? Oh, yeah. Especially if you remember the first uh, DALI 2 demo as an astronaut riding a horse <laughs> on the moon, I believe. Yes. And the output, to be frank, were pretty bad compared to what we see coming out from Midjourney and others today. It is exactly like you're saying, like the, the progress we see. I mean, in the beginning, it, it was all, oh, okay, that looks okay. Then we got some, hmm, these looks good, um, but high frequency stuff like fingers 
like, you know, had too many fingers or too many teeth, like all way have higher frequency kind of uh, data. And then if you look at the latest Midjourney, I mean, just look at this perfect fingers, like none of these issues anymore. And it's, it's pretty much at this point, almost undistinguishable from photo phot photography, like for certain pieces, yeah. it's, it's very close to it. I mean, if you have a trained eye, you see it, right? But still very, very good. Yeah, if you if you have the expert eye, you will identify the tiny details, the glow, the like the, some some inconsistency with some pixels. But like for ninety nine point nine percent of the of the people, um, most uh, AI content cannot be uh, differentiated. And listen, I've been discussing with a few people at Adobe and others, and um, the metrics and the data that's coming out is the um, Gen AI content and Gen AI illustrations and pictures have a much better success uh, and interest on these uh, content sharing platforms such as Adobe Stock and others than traditional pictures. So we should expect a big replacement of traditional pictures by Gen AI based pictures. It doesn't mean there is no creativity from the author, from the creator side, because Gen AI requires some level of control, some level of you know, guidance um, to produce the right amount. It's not a, like a, you know, push a button thing and everything goes out automatically beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And and we'll talk about scenario and all the amazing stuff you guys are doing. But you made this very good point. Um, it's about, it's a tool, right? It's not going to replace like an artist. It's a tool that can be leveraged by artists, right? And that's also, I have the same kind of understanding in that space for sure. And it's just—it's not just wishful thinking. If I look at the scenario, the company we have, the product scenario, and yeah. the feedback I'm getting from the users, the biggest fans, the biggest champions for the product we have are the artists, the game artists in our case. But the artists tell us how much creativity can be, you know, augmented, improved. Uh, they are finding new ways to create content they would never have thought just by themselves or just with Photoshop. Yeah. Um, and I think the same applies beyond images, by the way. Um, creating, creating code, creating contents like, like stories and so on. Yeah, that's a tool. It's a, it's a very powerful one. Yep. It's one that is, that is being adopted at a very fast, fast pace versus others. And that's a little, little concerning because the humans will have to adapt faster than with other technologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we could talk a whole episode about the ethical aspects and the whole kind of responsible AI aspect of it, um, which is surely a very important topic to look at. Um, just today, I was reading, um, you know, I'm, I'm German, right, in Germany. And so I was reading what the government is doing, and they just uh, released a paper, basically, where they're looking at the generative AI. I mean, they phrased it around ChatGPT. Because again, this was the big moment, like where everyone got aware of Gen AI. Um, but basically, a well-written paper. It shows the scenarios. It shows also where it can be used, good good outcomes. But also, of course, they mentioned the risk in terms of bias in the data and all the other things that come with it. You know, also what is right of ownership in the training data, uh, IP rights, and so on. There's a lot of things that are unsolved. And also, from the technical perspective, they will be quite hard to solve. Like for example. Like how one you do you want to filter out in these huge data sets? If we think about ChatGPT, GPT, comment crawl data set, basically petabytes of internet data, right? So how do you want to filter out certain pieces? Like that's a huge technical challenge, but at some point it has to be solved. No one has a solution for this, 
but it has to be solved in order to fulfill uh, privacy laws, especially in Europe. But solutions are coming. If you look at Firefly, which is a large language model for images mm -hmm. um, uh, shipped by Adobe a few weeks ago, I think at GDC, uh, months ago then, um, they have uh, at least communicated that the training data for Firefly was sourced in a responsible way from images they had the right to use or expired expired uh, copyright um, images as, as well. And so we should expect um, this to become the norm. Um, maybe not for every type of content. For text, I'm not quite sure. For 3D and 2D, that might be easier. For yeah. audio as well. Um, but nobody should have expected uh, every Gen AI software to be perfect uh, day one. So it's it's like in the internet was not perfect day one. Like many other technologies were not perfect day one. That's saying the same goes for Gen AI. And because it's coming fast, we should hope at least that um, these 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 uh, uh, questions or debates will be solved uh, rather sh shortly than uh, over the long run. Yes, I, I fully agree. Um, like all regulators on that's not the typical speech, right? You know, all the bureaucracy around it. Like this is not their pace. I mean, we know that pace from the startup world a little bit, right? It's always fast paced, but like regulators, not at all. Like they think in years and that kind of a time frame, right? And so, yeah, I'm fully agree. Like that's also my worry is like these guys are so behind. Um, well, anyhow. And behind regulation goes who controls and, uh, and behind the control is who controls the, 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 training, the training data on one side and how it is being trained. And it can be... It, I mean, it, we can do a, a whole episode, but maybe let's not do it too far. But it's uh, the one who controls the, the, the database and the models has a lot of power. Look at ChatGPT. Yeah. It's so, you know, um, it makes answers that look so confident that humans will tend to trust it pretty quickly. Uh, if, you, if you don't have the, the education to challenge that, these answers, that might be pretty dangerous. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. So that's why we need some guardrails at some point. But anyhow, we should not overregulate because this will kill innovation. But let's talk about true innovation, about scenario, what you guys are doing. And so you founded the company, like you said, you're the CEO of it. And it's basically, it's the dedicated company leveraging generative AI for creating game assets, which could also be used in, uh, well, I say the metaverse again, but virtual worlds, whatever, right? You can use it wherever you want. Uh, but first of all, can you describe what you guys are doing, what you're offering, and how can people get started with it? Absolutely. Well, well, the way I define, uh, the way I explain uh, Scenario is a Gen AI engine for the game industry. Nice. And let me just stop on the terms. We might develop a tool, which we have today, on the web to create images in a very style consistent manner. And that will be used ahead of the game, ahead of the production of the game. That's what we have today. But the longer-term vision will be for anyone using a game, a player, a gamer, to create content within the game powered by Scenario as an engine, as a Gen AI engine. It's the same, it's, the, it's similar in some ways to uh, Unity and Unreal that are powering the game to, to, for the physics, the rendering, and so on. But the same for creating and managing content at scale, whether it's 2D, which we start with, or whether it's what comes next, 3D, audio, sound music, stories, quest, and so on. So that's where we want to take Scenario, really being like this uh, you know, content generation, AI-powered engine for the gaming space. 
That's awesome. And so today you're saying, I love that vision, by the way. I mean, this is just awesome. Just folks, imagine, right? You're in your favorite game and then you can say, hey, spend, bucks, spend a bunny there with long ears, but short hair, whatever it is. And uh, you can do all of this then in, in a long-term vision. That's awesome. Um, what, what do you have available now? We have a bit earlier now, we, and we let, we start with the first break, obviously, we let game studios or we let game creators train their own AI models based on their own data. And taking, take, taking your bunny examples into account, when a player creates that bunny with the long ears and, and the, the features, the, the studio or the game creator might want that bunny to be consistent with the style of the game. And training your own AI model is a way to lock that style consistency. In, to be to be more technical for the, the the audience, it's it's not a foundation model that is being made here by Ceno. It's a fine-tuned model. It's a way to take another model, a base model, and to fine-tune it with a small set of data, which could be 20, 30, 50 pictures, 50 images that will that will really like drive uh, the output in a very style consistent, a very resemblant way to the in, versus the input data. Nice. That, that's exactly what is needed while well, you're addressing the main point, right? You have a certain style in your game or let's let's say application, whatever. And so you need to keep it uh, consistent in design. And so you can actually provide like examples and have, well, it's not few shot learning, but little bit learning, I would say, like 20 to 40 pictures. That's easy enough, right? So you have a concept artist or whoever makes the, the kind of design um, and then you have this final kind of design template and then you can they train it, and then you can create custom game assets. What are some examples of these game assets? Well, it, it, it could start. It depends what the game is. If it's a Web3 game, if it's a mobile game, casual game, AA, AAA game, they don't have the same needs. They don't have the same uh, requirements and constraints. Um, but they, we've seen studios, all kinds of studios in these different categories using Scenario for concept art, character design, backgrounds, UI, um, vehicles, um, props. Um, it's, and it's, it can start with concepting. If you're a triple studio, what you need is probably advanced 3D graphics, Call of Duty-like graphics. Um, but it always starts with concepting, right? And Gen AI is a perfect way to shorten the ideation phase or to have more ideas to select to pick from. Example one. For mobile games, it's going to be more like, hey, 2D assets, that can go straight into a game, such as backgrounds, such as, again, UI, uh, character design, and so on. So it's a, it's a, there are various uh, ways for a studio to use Scenario today. Makes, makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And um, like you're saying, it's a tool for artists, right? Like Because you also need to have this eye, and you need to have this kind of mindset. And that's that's what I always keep on saying, like when folks, I mean, we're getting back a little bit to the older discussion, but this is when I always hear from folks, oh, yeah, this is going to kill artists. Well, artists will disappear and so on. I, what I hear, there was a nice saying, I don't know who said it, but basically it goes like this, is like, you know, when photography came along in around 1900 something, right? Um, painters were basically complaining, hey, you guys are cheating. You're not painting. You're just taking photos and done, right? But now look at this. We have photography is, of course, also an art form. Of, of course, no one is questioning that, right? And so it's just this beginning phase where people need to realize. And again, like I said it earlier, the best pictures I see, and I also have artist friends, and they come up with the best stuff. I mean, like I could try as long as I want. It would never be that same quality. And that's the thing. 
you have an amazing tool that is going to help artists and especially also indie artists, right? And indie game studios, smaller ones, to actually scale and, and make these assets at higher quality and, and with, a, with a larger scale. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, same painting to photography, digital uh, analog photography to digital photography. Uh, people used to dunk on digital cameras because the movies didn't feel like they look like a film. Uh, they were not filmed. I mean, um, it, it, it's the endless story of um, tech improving entertainment, content production. Think of Disney, 100-year-old company. People were drawing Mickey Mouse, like hundreds of people on a desk, drawing these these cartoons do you think disney stayed uh, you know on, on these uh, wooden desk of course not so they adapted every single technology one by one and they would do so with gen ai as long as they have control they have protection against uh, a potential ip issue and as long as they can integrate gen ai into the existing workflow that's a challenge how to make gen ai something deeply integrated and not something separate from the like the the other software and 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 some of the other uh, processes on in place today and that's that's perfect way to to phrase it is like what is the unique selling point of your of scenario is you can integrate it well you can integrate it also in your workflow and in your design decisions and it's not separate it's part of an integrated workflow that's that's integration is the key we might we shipped a web app first web like app.scenario.com fantastic a mobile app as well because it's a it's a companion tool uh, but both these two uh, apps were built on the same API, which we opened a month ago, three weeks ago, to developers. Everything that can be done on the web app can be done via the API. If it's available via an API, we should expect that API to be used in other platforms, in design software, Unity, Unreal, Blender, and so on, in the game, it's already the case, on a Discord bot. And who knows which, which developer will, uh, uh, which developer will, will have uh, the, the, the best uh, next big idea. Awesome. So I love that approach. Like you're saying, you have the front end, but all of that is just the front end for the API, which you can also leverage and then have a full integration in your pipeline workflow. I love this. Mm -hmm. Hey, Emmanuel, uh, we could talk for many more hours, but we're already at the end of the show. Um, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights. That was very much appreciated. Thanks, Rene. It's a pleasure uh, to reconnect and uh, looking forward to the future with you as, as well. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, and thanks, everyone, for joining us for Meta Minutes, your bite-sized pieces of the Metaverse, now with Gen AI. Uh, watch our blog, follow our social media, subscribe to the Reply podcast channels on all your favorite podcast platforms to not miss an upcoming episode. And, of course, you can watch all the previous episodes on our website at reply.com. Uh, thank you so much. Take care and see you soon. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.